Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today in the studio, I have Dan Haig. Dan is a freelance writer and an author. He's the director of the Manzanita Visitor Center, and his new book guidebook, 25 Cultural Adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast, was just released by Visit Tillamook Coast. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm very happy to have you, and I think you've written a a terrific little guidebook about some things that people may not know about. Thank you. And before we start talking about the guidebook and all the things that you do as the director of the Manzanita Visitor Center, please tell the listening audience a bit about yourself. Well, I managed to work my way out to the North Oregon coast from the wilds of Minnesota back in 1991, Uh, just kind of wandering around looking to see what Oregon was all about. Um, was going to spend the summer. How did you hear about Oregon when you were living you know, in Minnesota? Honestly, it's it's kind of uh, I, I saw the Goonies, <laughs> basically, uh-huh. and uh, just like everybody else. So uh, I was at a young impressionable age, and I thought I'd spend the summer out here playing on the beach and being a beach bum. And I ended up meeting a North Coast girl, and the rest was history. And here I am, twenty eight years later. So you came out from Minnesota. Yeah. You fell in love with the Oregon coast. Oh, yes. And you first lived in? Uh, we started out in Warrington, and we've kind of been slowly migrating south. We ended up in Cannon Beach for a while, and uh, now we live down in Halem, just mm-hmm. outside of Manzanita. And as the director of the Manzanita Visitor Center, what is your responsibility? Well, um, we function in a way that a chamber would probably. We distribute information to visitors. We try and market uh, our town as a destination, especially in the off-season, mostly in the off-season. Which you consider to be? Well, mostly bright about now till the beginning of May or so. Um, and we try and uh, serve as an educational uh, institution for people to uh, what we like to say properly visit or visit like a local, our area. And you consider Tillamook County, it's kind of, Clatsop County and Tillamook County kind of, um, the dividing line is around Oswald? Somewhere around Oswald, all the way south down to Pacific City. Okay. So it's the longest county on the coast, I believe, some 70 miles long. And that's why we were talking earlier about the fact that uh, a lot of folks may not know that Tillamook is is known as having the most camping spots on the coast, Tillamook County. Yeah. That's what I've heard. That sounds right. I mean, we've got big, beautiful Nahalem Bay State Park right outside of Manzanita, and then um, a couple more, Cape Lookout down south, and so, yeah. I think more people are camping, actually. I think more people want to come out and have a natural experience because we talked also about the fact that you're seeing more families. Like, what? how are the demographics shifting in terms of tourism? It's interesting. It's hard to keep track of tourism from year to year and day to day uh, because it's always changing. But um, in the last couple of years, uh, two years ago, we saw a lot of visitors who were escaping the forest fires, example, down in California or up in Canada. And they were flocking down here to stay cool. Uh, this last year, we've seen a lot of day trippers consisting mostly of large families with lots of kids. Yes, and getting kids out into the natural world is so important, which is why in your guidebook, um, there's also a piece about caring for the coast. So would you read that for us, please? Sure. Uh, enjoy yourself, stay safe, and care for the coast. Inheriting a legacy of natural resources stewardship is what it means to be an Oregonian. On the Tillamook Coast, we have cared for our forests, farmlands, beaches, and waterways for generations. It is in our DNA, and we'll bet it's in yours, too. We love when you visit, and we hope you become a temporary local while you're here. Put trash in the garbage can, stay on trails, respect private property, follow beach fire rules, and never turn your back on the ocean because sneaker waves do happen. 
We want you to be safe, have fun, and create wonderful memories. That's ever more important now as we recognize that with the influx of more and more people on the Oregon coast, we need to help them learn how to not only be safe, but how to care for our ecosystem here, which is a fragile ecosystem. It is. Uh, millions and millions of visitors, for example, descended on Oswald State Park the last two years. I think something like 1.3 or 1.5 million in 2018. Um, I mean, that's not sustainable when it comes to caring for trails, keeping trails uh, uh, for everybody to use, and uh, keeping the beach clean. Right. So that's why, actually, uh, you and I are both involved with the North Coast Tourism yes. Management Network, which is uh, a steering committee uh, involved of uh, with folks from chambers and attractions and organizations from Astoria to Pacific City. Yes. And the reason for this organization is to look at mitigating the impacts of over-tourism. Mm -hmm. I mean, the North Coast is clearly the closest to a major metropolitan area, Portland, and so we're having a lot more visitation than the Central Coast or the South Coast. Right. Right. I And I think most of the people that are involved in this committee, and even most of them who aren't, are, understand the impacts of uh, this explosion in tourism and what it can mean to the fabric of communities like Astoria or Manzanita or Cannon Beach. Um, so I I was surprised when I got involved how many people are on the same page and are kind of pushing for the same goal. Exactly. I mean, good stewardship. And of course, you know, sometimes we come to this recognition that there are some um, some downsides to, to what yeah. we think looks really good at the beginning. And then it's like, whoa, okay, we're a little late here. How do we deal with this? Right. Um, so that's kind of what, so they're looking at transportation issues, mm -hmm. outdoor recreation. Right. Um, how do we, uh, stewardship messaging, yeah. all of that. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to tackle. It's a much bigger problem than we might be able to solve in our lifetime, but it's good that we're tackling it. Yes, because really we don't, in these small Oregon coastal towns, and even though Astoria is a river town, we don't have the infrastructure to no. support huge numbers of folks all coming at the same time. And speaking from experience, when we lived in Warrington, uh, and you would come up here on a Saturday night to Astoria to go to a movie or something in 1991 or 1992, it, it was it was quiet. Lots of uh, places empty and not a lot of people wandering around. You come up on the same night 28, 30 years later, um, and it's hard to get into places like the buoy or mm -hmm. or anywhere else that you can mm -hmm. just pop into. It's finding that balance. And um, recently I um, talked with a, um, a couple of our city councilors about, you know, how how do you find that balance and, and what is healthy economic development? And, um, and so I kind of think that if we look at, and tourism is certainly a part of that, and I know that this guidebook was written for our visitors, but also for our locals, yes. and we're going to talk about what's in the guidebook in a few minutes here. But um, so I kind of think, well, what is what is good economic development? And, and so I kind of think, well, what if you say something like, um, you know, well, we support economic development that's compatible with our culture, our mm -hmm. heritage, and our resources. Mm -hmm. So how does it fit into that? What are the parameters that you can look at here? Right. And I think getting that messaging in the hands of people before they come out here is critically important uh, and keeping it in their minds when they're out here. Um, when they go out to places like Haystack Rock and, and look at the tide pools and uh, just knowing things like what to touch and what not to touch, uh, simple things like staying on a hiking trail um, and 
picking up your cigarette butts. I mean, it, it's a, it sounds like small things, but they all are cumulative. Indeed, they are. And also, you know, you they, you were on my program a few a couple of years, two or three years ago, right. after the tornado that Manzanita had. So, how is Manzanita? Um, how have you recovered from the tornado? Oh, we're we're doing great. Uh, that was three years ago on the fourteenth, so just a couple of days ago was our was our big anniversary. But um, the damage was quickly repaired, and it was it was. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it was a heartwarming scene to see our town come together, uh, help each other clean up, put the pieces back together. Um, we're still getting used to all the trees that we lost, so there's a lot more bare sky to look at, which isn't a bad thing. But uh, it was uh, it, it was a shock to see two-thirds of the trees missing for a while, and it'll take some getting used to. I actually was there a couple of few days after that, and I you could hear chainsaws yeah. all around town, and you could see some of the buildings. But the fact that the community came together yeah. and um, and helped restore and repair as everything that you could. Yeah, there was a lot of agencies that offered help. Um, lots of crews from Clatsop County, Tillamook County that came, and from in inland, I believe to come and help restore power and cut down trees and clear debris. And then our emergency volunteer corps in the Halem Bay is kind of this, the gold standard when it comes to small community emergency preparedness. And they were head and shoulders above getting things um, getting things cleared and ready for everybody, too. You know, I think um, a lot of people, when they think of Manzanita, they think of Mutzanita. Oh, yeah. And, and so that's kind of a signature event for Manzanita. It so is. tell tell us, what is Mutzanita? Uh, it was about a month ago. It's the big dog festival. And as we know, uh, if you've spent any time, whether it's five minutes or 25 years on the Oregon coast, everybody loves dogs here. Um, so we have a festival, Manzanita, that honors dogs, and it's going on 10 years, I believe. And it's just kind of a fun way to have your dog out on the beach, and we have fun uh, competitions, the Chuck It contest. We have a beauty contest. We have a Which Dog Looks Like Their Owner contest, um, demonstrations. Uh, some of the Newfoundlands from um, uh, Lewis and Clark a Memorial came down last year, and they gave a demonstration on the Newfoundlands from Lewis and Clark and their expedition. So it's just kind of an educational and fun way to hang out with your dog and a good excuse to go to the beach. Yep, and Four Paws on the Beach is a... Is a the, is the sponsor and organizer is Four Paws on the Beach, and it's held right down at the Manzanita Visitor Center, which is just a block off the beach, so it's perfect location and a perfect time of year. It's a tiny little visitor center. You don't it is. really... Yeah. We pack a big punch. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you decide, because you've been the director at the Visitor Center for how long now? Uh, this is going on my seventh year. Okay. Yeah. And you have noticed a change that there's certainly there are more folks coming. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, like today, this last summer, I've been hearing there's a lot of day trippers and a lot of people just coming in large numbers. Um, I'm not necessarily sure how that affected businesses in our town economically, though I've heard mixed stories. Um, but there definitely are bigger crowds coming. Well, Visit Tillamook Coast is an organization which uh, Nan Devlin is the executive director, and they're doing a lot with this North Coast Tourism Management Network um, and this Caring for the Coast campaign. Right. And so they published your guidebook. So yes. let's talk about this guidebook, 25 Cultural Adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast. What made you decide to do that? Well, um, I feel strongly about getting people involved in the coast. When I mean involved, I mean uh, volunteer opportunities, uh, the things we just discussed, like stewardship and um, picking up after yourself and, and treating the coast like you would your home, whether it is your home or you're just visiting here for the day. 
so I thought the writing a book like this would be a good conduit to explain those kinds of things and kind of highlight some of the things. And when I say cultural adventures, it, it's it's kind of a broader use of the term. Of course, that means museums and literature and things like that. But it also means the culture of who we are uh, as permanent residents, longtime residents of the North Oregon coast. Yes. So you actually have some beaches in there because there yeah. is, I mean, that's a cultural experience to go to the beach. We, right. we, when we say cultural experience, I think we do think highbrow. We, we do think museums right. um, or lectures or something, yeah. you know. But, um, but you're right. There is a certain culture of the coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the first chapter is, uh, highlights the uh, Matt Kramer Memorial that overlooks Oswald or Short Sand Beach at Oswald West State Park. And if you just take a moment to read the memorial and uh, you'll see how important that Kramer's work was to keeping our beaches public. Uh, it sounds like a simple thing now, but 50 years ago, it wasn't such a sure thing. And you have a degree in history, so you're interested in history. Yeah, I do have a degree in history and how that led to tourism, I'm not exactly sure. But um, it, 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 there is the history of the Oregon coast is, runs a lot deeper than I think uh, the casual visitor might know. So um, that's also was a big draw to writing this book. And I think people really want to understand a place where they are. I they, think so. Yeah. So I think that there's more of that, you know, educational informational component. It's mm-hmm. not just coming. Yes, we are coming to enjoy the sunset. But, gee, wait, what is that boat over there? Oh, that might be a dory boat in Pacific City. And, and, yeah. and learning about that, I think, makes people feel more connected. I think one thing that I, I will say that we, while we were talking about larger numbers of tourists and, and how they're exploding onto the scene here, but... I am uh, heartened a little bit by what we see in Manzanita, for example, some of the younger uh, families and younger they they want to learn these things. They want to know what's behind the story of Manzanita. What does the word Manzanita mean? Um, when did this town become a town? So they they are interested in stories more than just let's buy a T-shirt and a postcard and go home. That is better. That is way Much better. better. <laughs> so well, well, wait. Tell the listening audience what does Manzanita mean and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, manzanita bush. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the little red apple, uh, uh, the the bush that was uh, first incorporated in in our town years and years and years ago. So manzanita is named after the manzanita bush. Correct. And do you have manzanita bushes in manzanita right they now? They are. You can find them. Um, I have one in my yard actually. So they're uh, they're not native, but they are there. And are these little apples edible? No. Okay. Well, so, you know, honestly, I've never tried it, and I don't think I will. Okay. All right. Well, maybe not. Maybe we <laughs> need to talk to a botanist yeah, or something. Yeah, let, and... let's talk to someone who knows that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. And today, my guest is Dan Haig. Dan is the director of the Manzanita Visitors Center. He's also a freelance writer and is the author of a brand new guidebook just published, 25 Cultural Adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast. Let's talk about your guidebook and sure. some of the things you decided to include. Well, it's like I said earlier, it's a broad, broader use of the word cultural, but uh, I think um, culture can mean a lot of things. There are the, um, you know, there are the, the museums that we talk about, the Nehalem um, Valley Historical Society, which is such a cool little museum and historical society that we have in Manzanita. Uh, it's located in the basement of the Pine Grove Community House, and they have uh, just a, a treasure trove of old photographs, uh, artifacts from um, Native American uh, history, white settlement, shipwrecks, you name it. And for such a small little place, it's you can lose some serious time by going in there. So that's one truer example when you think of culture. Uh, the Manzanita Writer Series is another thing that we have at the Hoffman Center, which uh, brings 
authors from all around Oregon out to Manzanita and talks about their books. They hold workshops. Um, they have writing uh, classes. So that is another cultural adventure. But also things like uh, volunteering. Um, I have a chapter in here about volunteer like a local. And I think the best thing that if you want to experience the culture of a place, whether it's Astoria or Manzanita or Tillamook, is to get involved, uh, especially if you like coming back year after year. So volunteerism has been a word that people have used. And when you're talking about volunteering, what kinds of opportunities do you see for uh, visitors and locals to volunteer? There's, you know, there's something for every interest, whether it's um, you want to work at a fair or a farmer's market, uh, whether you want to work at the Hoffman Center by helping with the clay studio, there's um, all kinds of events that always need are shorthanded. Uh, the Emergency Preparedness Corps that I mentioned earlier is always looking for volunteers. So, and we have a lot of, uh, Manzanita has a lot of people who are starting to retire there, uh, move from Portland or wherever and retire, and they're looking for things to do. And we want to tap into those resources. To give back to the community. Yes. It makes it a better place for everyone. It does. I know, um, actually, uh, several years ago, we had a group of attorneys coming to Astoria, and they wanted to, um, they they were having a meeting, but they also wanted to do some sort of community service project. So I reached out to Mac Burns at the Historical Society and said, Mac, do you, we have, you know, 15 attorneys, they want to do something. And he said, can they paint? And I said, well, I don't know, we'll find out. And he said, well, let's have them do some painting at the jail, at the at the <laughs> old jail, the Goonies, yeah. you know, um, uh, museum. Yeah. And so we did. And it was kind of funny because there was a photograph taken of these attorneys behind bars. Mm-hmm. And then they had attorneys behind bars for a good cause. And that was actually in the Oregonian, right. and it was kind of funny. So, but um, a lot of folks do want to um, really immerse themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, for example, there's a I mentioned birding in here as well, which is kind of a cultural experience in and of itself. And anybody who's an avid birder who's lived here a long time knows that we have such a great location for it. But organizations like Tillamook Estuaries Partnership down in Garibaldi and Cape Falcon Friends of Cape Falcon Marine Reserve up in uh, Arch Cape. They're always looking for people to help count birds just uh, for a day. If you want to count the brown pelicans or the cormorants, um, that's a perfect way to get involved. You get some birding in and you help them uh, gather data on birding habits. So, Dan, what's the best way? Like if someone's driving right now or they're listening to this and they say, you know, um, and you don't have to live in Tillamook County to volunteer. Um, All of us on the coast, and even though Astoria, again, is a river town, we're considered on the Oregon coast. Right. so, and we all interact with each other. I yeah. think there's a lot of um, of driving back and forth oh, between yeah. these little communities because they're all so different, yes. which is great. Uh, so how would someone get involved and how would, who would they reach out to? Well, it, go wherever your, your heart desires, I guess, for lack of a better term. If you're interested in arts and culture, go to the Hoffman Center or the Bay City Arts Center. Um, if you're interested in writing um, or, or if you're a retired doctor, go to Emergency Volunteer Corps. Um, everybody could use something. So you can right, contact. Right, or outdoor things. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's, there's so much to choose from and, and there's not enough people to fill those holes. So um, in my neck of the woods, contact me at the Manzanita Visitor Center or contact your chamber up here in Astoria or the chamber in Tillamook. Um, they can definitely point you in the right direction. Were there some surprises when you were writing this book? Like how long did it take you to write it and how did you decide what should be included and what you would not include? Well, it's it's a small book and looking at it it's, you know, it it's more of a pamphlet guidebook than anything, but 
and and limiting to 25 i found was har- the hardest thing to do because there's so many things personally that i enjoy um but i i tried to pick things that would appeal to a broad audience uh especially if you're just here for the day or here for the weekend or whatever but I also wanted locals to understand what was right in their backyard. Well, it is a great little book that you could just put in your back pocket. Yeah. And um, and people can find this book, 25 Cultural Adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast, where? Well, in, um, down in Manzanito, down at our fine little bookstore, Cloud and Leaf Bookstore. It's available there. It's also available in Wheeler at the old Wheeler Hotel. And you can go online to visit com and order it there as well. And they'll, they'll send it to you. And you are going to be, next month in November, November 16th, you're going to be at the MOOC, which we think is the MOOC, Tillamook, the MOOC Book Fair. Yes. Uh, Third annual MOOC Book Fair down at the Tillamook County Pioneer Museum. I'll have a table down there and be signing and selling copies for anybody who wants to stick one in someone's stocking for the holidays. And that's a great idea. You're right. Because there have been a couple of other guidebooks before. There was one about uh, family adventures. Is that right? Right. This is the third in the series that Visit Tillamook Coast has published. Uh, Before was uh, 25 Adventures with Your Children, I believe, and then 25 Hikes on the Tillamook Coast. Mm -hmm. And uh, more and more people, I think, probably need interpretation of, like, where to go and when to go and what's open and what's not, especially as, again, you're having we're having more folks coming yeah. and uh, I know that even some of our national parks are looking at permits and all of that mm. we're not at that point here on right. the coast um, but certainly having in a way a guide through this guidebook yeah and like I said earlier we want to steer people in the right direction um, when they get here we don't want them to be just kind of uh, wandering around and not um, participating in in our communities or if they're going to be here, we want to tap into their energy because we know there's a lot of people who are interested in getting involved in the communities and traveling and staying like a local. So we're more than willing to tap into that. Well, the Oregon Coast Visitors Association um, is based in Tillamook yeah. uh, County, although it's up and down the coast. It represents the entire coast, all 363 miles. Yeah. Um, and certainly they have an educational campaign. And what they've done as an organization, um, and they were the first one uh, in Oregon that I know of connected with Travel Oregon of those seven regions of Oregon to bring together a strategic advisory group mm. of folks from the parks and the Forest Service and BLM and stakeholders of yeah. all different uh, walks of life. Yeah. And that's been a really important thing. Yeah, we've, uh, our, our little visitor center has tried to take part in in uh, being part of the stewardship effort that uh, Oregon Coast Visitor Station is pushing. So, we're hoping that uh, we can have a say and we can have a seat at the table and, and help in any way that we can. Right, because the locals know. You know, like, okay, this is the season when you don't want to go there because you've got some baby yeah. birds or you've got this situation. And right. and so you need to – and then having that as an integrated campaign to let, again, locals and visitors. Yeah, and it's a fine line between how many people is too much and, and then – getting more people here in the winter when we really need them. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, and one of the things that uh, Travel Oregon was able to do through um, working with a community, like now we're the North Coast community here, but in the Columbia River Gorge, they worked with um, a group of stakeholders um, who said, we are having huge problems with um, traffic and parking at Monoma Falls. Mm-hmm. We need help. So through this tourism studio, which then became um, a management network also, uh, they were able to um, 
to hire a bus, which now brings people to Multnomah Falls, cutting mm-hmm. down on the traffic, the parking, and all that. Yeah. So they've they've done some of that. They also have people who are interpreters um, uh, and volunteers, volunteers right. who who say, "Hey, walking on flip flops on this trail may not may be kind of dangerous." Or right. do you have a water bottle with you? And we had a. a- the Beach Ambassador Program debuted down at our neck of the woods this last summer. Um, uh, I'm not sure where they're at right now, but I know that like friends of Cape Falcon Marine Reserve and Oswald West State Park representatives from the park um, kind of put together a pilot program called Beach and Trail Ambassadors where they touch on these things that you mentioned. And they have people, volunteers on site that have been pre-trained to um, tell people these things like, do you have your water bottle? Do you know how far this trail is? Uh, do you have dog bags for your dog? So. All those little things that people, when they're out ready to have a good time, they may not be thinking of. Exactly. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about some of the places that you are featuring in your 25 cultural adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast. Well, uh, it's it's a wide range. Our county, Tillamook County, is uh, the longest county, I believe, on the coast, some 70-plus miles. So there's a lot to see and do. So narrowing it down to 25 was kind of hard. Um, from my neck of the woods, one of my favorite things is uh, the Manzanita film series or Friday Night Flicks that takes place at the Hoffman Center. And they do a great job of curating uh, films that are made or made in or made about the Pacific Northwest from Pacific Northwest filmmakers, which includes Oregon, Washington, Montana, British Columbia, I believe. Um, and they show some great flicks one night a month. I think it's, the, it's coming up on the 25th in October, the last Friday of the month or so. And... Uh, it's just a great chance to see something uh, that you might not see while you're sitting on your couch and streaming Netflix. Yes. And again, then you have the idea of creating community where you're yeah. with another group of uh, your group of folks that you might have a discussion with afterwards. And, Go out and have a glass yeah, of wine afterwards exactly. and talk about it. And they often have the director or someone who's involved with the film on hand to answer questions after the film. Right. So well, it's, the, it's really a neat little opportunity. Well, the Hoffman Center is very well known. And so, okay, so, but some people may not know about some of the places you've written about here. Right. And that that's one of the cultural adventures. Um the one of my favorite places to go uh, is Kilchis Point Reserve, which is just out inside Bay City, across from the Smoker. If you're driving down Highway 101, you see the the, the Bay City Smoker right across the way is the access to Kilchis Point, and it's just a great little storyboard. It's a beautiful hike and and nature preserve, but it's also a storyboard about Tillamook County. There's countless little information kiosks scattered throughout the trail that you can read about Native American history, white settlement. Uh, some of the flora and fauna. So it's it's uh, outdoor classroom that's kind of unmatched as far as I'm concerned. I did hike some of that, and it's beautiful, it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. You know, I think the thing is uh, when you say Tillamook Coast, people think of Tillamook cheese. Right. They just do. They, they think do. of the cheese factory. Yeah, and, and I've got friends and family who still live in Minnesota and Wisconsin who are constantly uh, daring me to compare their cheese to ours, but I think we all know whose is the best. Well, of course, yeah, yes, of course, absolutely. Uh, and um, are there were there some things that were? Uh, do you think there's enough now for you to maybe write a follow up book? Oh, I would love to. I, I was surprised at how long it took to write this book, um, mostly because I procrastinated at the beginning, but then went to a mad scramble at the finish. I think that's pretty much any writer will tell you the same thing. Um, but I, uh, it took me six months, seven months to write, and then it was took another six or seven to edit and publish. So, about a year. Congratulations, Odan, because you. again, I think it's reflective of the messaging of, you know, let let us tell you what's here and how to interact with what's here oh, sure. in a way that is for your uh, benefit and also it, it 
maintains our, you know, our culture, our yeah. ecosystems, all of well, that. This is our home, and uh, some people are going to go back to Portland, Salem, Eugene, but we're still going to be here. Exactly. Um, Dan, we just have a couple of minutes left. Yeah. What is there anything else you'd like to tell the listening audience about 25 Adventures on the on Oregon's cultural Sorry, 25 cultural adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast or anything else. Well, um, it was uh, it was definitely a fun project to work on. And I have uh, Nan Devlin and everybody at Visit Tillamook Coast to thank for uh, letting me put pen to paper and trusting that I would write something that was coherent. So I appreciate all that trust. Um, right now, uh, as far as writing something else, um, I'm not sure if I'll be writing another guidebook in the near future, but... You're working on a novel. I, I am working aren't on a novel. You? It's been in progress for just under a decade, so maybe another ten years we'll see the light of day. But um, it's getting there, and a lot of thanks to the Hoffman Center Writer Series because without them, I wouldn't have even started the first page. Yeah, big shout out to Hoffman Center Hoffman yes. in Manzanita. Thank you so much, Dan, for being with us Thank today. You for and me. again, you can find Dan Hegg's brand new. 25 Cultural Adventures on Oregon's Tillamook Coast Guidebook at Cloud and Leaf Bookstore in Manzanita at Old Wheeler Hotel and online at visittillamookcoast.com. Great stocking stuffer for people who want to come to the coast Perfect. and want to have some adventures in Tillamook County. Yep, the holidays are coming up, so right. come see me so, at the Mook Book Fair. Okay, Mook Book Fair, November 16th. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. Really appreciate you being here. And... My gratitude to Graham. Thank you, Graham, for engineering the program this morning. My pleasure. And a shout-out with gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, find a moment for yourself. And, in fact, let's take that moment together right now to take a very deep breath. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. We often are holding our breath throughout the day because we're stressed because of life. And so taking that deep breath is extremely helpful. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that aren't going well. But when you focus with gratitude on the things that are, that expands those things. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you. You are you, the only one, and for doing the best you can, because most people really are, and for being here now in this moment, the only moment which exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>